What a World Cup final. It absolutely matches the rest of this tournament. Soccer tonight here on ESPN LA 710. For the final time to wrap up the 2018 World Cup and the final lived up to the hype. They don't always, but this one did as France picks up their second World Cup. They won it back 20 years ago at home in 1998 with the great Zinedine Zidane, and now they do it with a young crew and defeat Croatia 4-2. And what a game it was. I got to get right to it. 877-710-ESPN. France deserved this all tournament long. Croatia, if they would have won today, would have been a worthy winner as well. This was just a great way to wrap up the tournament. Some fantastic goals. Some fantastic performances, some craziness, and bad performances. That's all right. It happens. But what a win for France. Kylian Mbappe, Paul Pogba, Antoine Griezmann, they all deserved it. Everybody. Benjamin Pavard had a good tournament. N'Golo Conte had a good tournament. He had a bad final. But he won't care. Conte probably lost the golden ball today, potentially. Well, no, I wouldn't even say that. He wasn't a favorite for but I would have given it to him. He did have a rough day today, being subbed out early after picking up an early yellow and really couldn't get into the game. And it wasn't very good today, but he had a magnificent tournament. I would have probably given him the golden ball, but Luka Modric certainly deserved it from Croatia as well. Just a fa- fantastic tournament. Hit me up on Twitter also, at TalkSoccer. And you can uh, hit us up on online, at TalkSoccer on Twitter, or via the phone lines here for the next hour. We're hanging out with you on Soccer Tonight at 877-710-3776. What I loved about this game, first of all, six goals. Nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it fits right into this tournament. There was only one nil-nil game in the entire tournament. France, Denmark in the group stage. One. Magnificent. Love that as a neutral, right? We want to see the goals. Six goals today. Some really cracking goals today as well. That Paul Pogba goal was magnificent. Mbappe's finish. I love how Hernandez made that play on Mbappe's goal. Running down the left wing. And then he crosses it in. Mbappe still has work to do. Which I love about Kylian Mbappe. He's so smart. He's such a smart player. Because he knew the defender was going to shield Daniel Subasic's vision, right? That's why he cuts the ball back to the near post. It was so subtle. But it was brilliant because Mbappe knows the defender's momentum is going to carry him right into the line of vision to the goalkeeper if he takes it to the near post and cuts that shot back. Subasic couldn't even move. And Mbappe scores. Utter brilliance. Pogba, again, Subasic is screened by the defender. Pogba knows he doesn't have to drill it. He doesn't have to kick it as hard as he possibly can. Too often we see guys trying to put that one in the through the net, and they end up putting it into the 40th row. I loved Ivan Perisic's tournament. He played great for Croatia, very active, and deserved that goal. He was so active in the first 20 minutes, causing France all kinds of problems. Croatia, this is what I love about the game, too. Croatia took it to France early, right? They came right out to play. And don't sit here and tell me, well, they, they had a much better chance to just try to sit back. No. This is how they had the, the – they have plenty good enough to go play. To, and go play. 
And and Croatia did. It's why they're there. Some games a little tenser than others. This one felt very wide open and very good right from the jump. And that's why you have to praise Croatia for what they did. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Do you agree with the call? Luka Modric wins the golden ball, the best player of the tournament. Of course, Harry Kane gets the golden boot just for the most goals scored. Kylian Mbappe, the best young player of the tournament. And Thibaut Courtois gets the golden gloves as he wins as the best keeper of the tournament. And what a tournament it was, really. For my money, France fully deserved it. They were the best team. Can't take anything away from them. And they just they went out and played. They went out and opened it up if they when they had to. They played defense when they had to. They had everything. Talent all over the field. Good performances. Great performances. Kudos to them. And they put the game away when they had to. I don't think Croatia in 10 years, well, maybe 10, 10 weeks or 10 hours, are going to feel too bad about it in the long run. Certainly it has to hurt now. But this is the kind of tournament where when they look back, they gave everything they had, and they came up a little short. Just like Belgium in the other semifinal, even England, they just weren't quite good enough, and France was. But, oh, man, what I mean, look at the future of France. Mario, the great producer of the show, Mario Reese and I were talking, and just look at the future. But again, as as the as the host of the show, as along with me, Mike Trudell has said throughout, keep an eye on the the champions. It, it gets tougher and tougher. So let them celebrate it now, right before we even start talking about oh they're going to win two or three because Mbappe and all these. Let's just let this thing play out and settle out right now. Let them enjoy it because they may never even get back to that point. Fantastic work by France, and again, it sums up the tournament in that in that. There's really nothing to complain about in this tournament. I know, look, we all have our issues at times with professional sport and certainly FIFA, not the least of which. And there's always things we could pick nits over. But let's just enjoy this for the magnificent tournament it was, truly. And all the credit in the world to what France did. But I also love how Croatia came out. They really took it to France and it opened up the game right from the jump. Loved it. It set up a brilliant final and, indeed, a worthy finish to this tournament. Any other performances you want to talk about, it's fine. For me, I thought Modric deserved the golden ball. Luka Modric was in complete control for Croatia for most of this tournament. Didn't have the greatest game today. But, you know, that's because, in a large part, France kind of took everybody out of their game. But for my money, Modric was the best player. Because remember, it's a long tournament. Like people have wondered. I, I saw somebody tweet out how the you know most of the time, in, in fact, the last several World Cups, it hasn't been the winning team that that produced the golden ball winner. It's a team sport, and it's a long tournament. Those are the two factors for that, right? So I mean, that adds up to a guy like Luka Modric deserving it, and I, that was just part of the magnificence. To the tournament. It really was. Modric's performances, getting credit for that with the golden ball. He's not going to love it right now because he's wearing that second place medal. But he'll grow to love and cherish that over the years. As as will we because his performance was worthy. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. I also love Croatia. 
there's so little separating these best teams. Now you can sit here and say, well, Dave, they got crushed four two. It wasn't yeah. And you know what? If they played the game tomorrow instead, Croatia might have won. They got so much talent. I thought Rakitic looked very good today. He didn't have a great semifinal, but I thought he looked good today. I mean, there's very little separating these teams at this level, but that's what makes it so fun with this knockout stage, right, every four years because you have to you have to pick a winner, and you had to feel like France was the favorite and to go out and do it each and every game because France was realistically – for my money, the favorite in every game they played, including the Belgium game. Slightly against Belgium, but they were the favorite. And they went out and did it. Let's go to those phones at 877-710-ESPN. You can hit me up on Twitter as well if you prefer, at Talk Soccer. First up for Soccer Tonight, the final edition of Soccer Tonight for the 2018 World Cup is Alex in L.A. Alex, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. I, I just want to say it was. I enjoyed the World Cup, like you said. It was a really good tournament. Uh, I have no complaints about it. Obviously, just that I wish US, the U.S. would have made it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that what's impressive to me is that France. Like I think they said, their average age is twenty-four. Uh, so I mean, I think they do have a chance with the talent that they have to make a run in four years. Uh, but I also agree with you. I thought Croatia took it to them. I thought that's how they had to play the game. Um, and you know, a couple calls or maybe the ball bounces you know a couple different ways and it would have been a different game i think um it was that good of a game yeah i agree i you know and a weird thing alex and you know before the the final two goals for france in the second half i i I literally found myself thinking around this 50th minute 55th minute you know the best team in this tournament is france and yet croatia is the best team in the final and they're probably going to lose ironically to the best team but then of course France turned it on later and really proved why they are so good. Thank you so much for the phone call, Alex. Appreciate that. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number to get involved. Get everything you want off your chest. This is it. We're wrapping it up in this hour. The great soccer tonight show. And I want to I say thank you so much to the folks here at 710 ESPN, the higher-ups, the suits, Scott McCarthy and Dan and Amanda, for all their support of the beautiful game, right? Letting us sit on here and get on here and talk. And, of course, Kia Valhambra for sponsoring it. It's been a fun ride, and we've got a, fit, we've got a long way to go. We've got this whole hour yet to go. But it's been magic, and it really was summed up in such a beautiful game to finish it off. And I want to say this, too. This is not uh, – hear, hear me out. No negativity in this, in that I mean this sincerely to sports fans out there who don't love soccer. I mean this sincerely. No negativity. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Or I really feel sad that you missed this tournament. Now, you don't care, and I understand. You like other sports, or maybe you just like listening to this show because it's great radio. You don't really love soccer, and you didn't really watch much. I understand. I'm that captivating, but so is the beautiful game. I do feel sad that you missed this tournament. And again, not to pick on you or anything at all. It's your choice. Fine. I don't love every sport as much as others. I get it. But that's how good it was. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Stick around, Bala, in Santa Monica. You're first up. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Tonight on the home of world football in Southern California. ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. What a tournament and what a final. France defeat Croatia 4-2. Kylian Mbappe 
Oh, man, the next great superstar. He already is. 19 years old. Great stat that they had on the Fox broadcast. John Strong mentioned it. Kylian Mbappe is the first teenager to score in a World Cup final since 1958 and the great Pelé. The first ever uh, teenager to do that since Pelé did it in 1958. Mbappe has, I dare I say it, that kind of future potentially ahead of him. I mean, a long way to go. I'm not trying to say he's going to be Pelé or even anywhere close. That's a lot of pressure. But, man, he's already got the World Cup title and was a massive part of it at 19. What a story. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. And it's funny because you think about the golden ball and Luka Modric winning it. We all agree. Well, not necessarily everyone, but most people would agree that, hey, that's a perfectly fine choice. There were certainly other candidates you could have chosen. That's the funny thing about France. They had four or five or six guys who could have won it. That's why they won the tournament. Not that any of them were better than Modric necessarily over the course of seven or eight whatever games. But yet, they had guys up and down the lineup who could have won it, and nobody would have been shocked either. That's why they won. They were the best team. Pretty darn good team here is uh, me and Mike Trudell hanging out talking about it on Soccer Tonight, Mike. What a final. I mean, it was a perfect way to wrap up a perfect tournament. 4-2, and France deserved it. It was incredible, uh, Denim. I I just, uh, man, I'm thankful for getting to watch all the games. I'd like to have my wife uh, every single game, basically, for the last month. Um, You know, shout out to your family as well, right? Absolutely. I apologize, Mike. Let's put him, uh, take him on hold just to try to get it back. The old cell phone issues there as Mike is off doing his other job and working hard. He's been joining us, of course, on ESPN LA 710 for soccer tonight. He'll be back in just a second. Now, look at, I'm seeing a tweet at the sportsman that was retweeted uh, out. And look at this. France, Mbappe, 19 years old. Dembele, 21. Hernandez, 22. Pavard, 22. Umtiti, 24, Varane, 25, Pogba, 25, Mendy, 23. They're loaded. Absolutely loaded. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Let's take a phone call. Bala in Santa Monica, as promised, you're first up on the lines here in this segment on Soccer Tonight. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, what a welcome this has been. This has been awesome. I know uh, I'm also a Modric fan. I, I'm glad he got the golden ball. But, you know, honestly, I think it has to be Mbappe. I, You know, you look at it throughout the tournament, like his speed has been the X factor mm-hmm. that no other team had. You got Harry Kane, you got Lukaku, all those guys, but nobody could do what Mbappe could do. And one other thing, for me, the best match of the tournament was Belgium, Japan, uh, that was just awesome. Just want to know what your favorite uh, match of the tournament was. Could not agree more. Thank you for the phone call. That's a great way to put it. Start naming the best things you liked about this tournament. And Bala says the best match of the tournament in the group stage was Belgium and, and uh, Japan. So the best tournament game, as good as the final was, as good as some of the semifinals was, happened in the group stage. And Bala's right. I agree with him completely. That Belgium-Japan game had me on the literal edge of my seat. It was like a cliche, but it worked. It absolutely fit. He was 100% right. Mike, uh, your favorite match, uh, Bala just said it was uh, Belgium versus Japan. I think that that match holds up pretty well, doesn't it? Denon, you got me? Yeah. You're on, buddy. Yes. 
Oh, good, man. Hey, I, I, I don't know. Look, I'm going to have to squeeze all of my takes into like 10 minutes here. I wish we had the whole day uh, to break this down. But I mean, Matt, that uh, so that I first of all, the thing I first wanted to do was thank my wife uh, for letting me watch every single World Cup game um, and, and be delinquent of other stuff. So I, I hope that that was the case for you as well. Yeah, very good. OK, cool. Good job. Now, yeah, uh, what do you think? <laughs> thank you, uh, Mike Trudell's wife. That's good. That's good. Go. It's, it's a nice way to start. And to remember the people who got us here, Mike. So uh, what, right. what, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, – Bala actually mentioned his favorite. We've been asking about, like, best moments, best everything. He said his favorite match was still Belgium-Japan in the group stage. Mm-hmm. What do you think? My favorite – man, I mean, France-Argentina Oh, was that was incredible. a good one, too. Yeah. Um, I thought – you know, look, I think Brazil-Belgium was an incredible match, uh, even, though, like, even though they didn't have all of the goals and Brazil couldn't finish, but just all of the, the crazy attacking talent. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching England play almost the whole time. Um, there, I, I suppose the, the England-Columbia, just with the shootout and, and the conquering the demons and all that. But there, there, this is the crazy thing about this World Cup. I could literally give you 20 games that I loved watching. I know. Uh, and, maybe, and, maybe, and maybe more. Yeah, including the final, which is not usually the case. Let's be realistic. That's what made – I think that's what puts the capper on this tournament as being so brilliant is that the final lived up and exceeded expectations. And I'll tell you, say what you will, man. That The thing about the golden ball, there's some contra- – you know, not controversy. Everybody thinks Luka Modric fully you know, played a great tournament and nothing wrong with that. But there's just too many great French players. That's why they won. They kind of split the vote, I would imagine, in terms of the golden ball as the best player in the tournament. Yeah, so this was on, I was just trying to figure this out and test this out on Twitter, uh, which actually was far more civil than I expected. And what you have to determine for yourself is, do you want the best player, like in, in the case of the World Cup, it's the golden ball. You know, in case of the NBA playoffs, it's the finals MVP. Do you want it to just go to the best player on the best team, or do you want it to go to the best player, period? And in the case of soccer in the World Cup, it usually just goes to the best player, period. And it's almost like a consolation prize a lot of times, I think. Four of the last five winners have been on the runner-up. And, you know, I, I'm I've just, to me, the main thing in, in sports, just period, is winning the title. Winning. And, and so, therefore, I'd, I'll, I'll, if, if it's close, right? So, in this case, whether it was Griezmann, uh, Mbappe, Pogma, Veron, like, t- Veron, take your pick. All four of those guys were great. I'm, I'm leaning towards giving it to the player, uh, to a player on the winning team, unless the, unless the guy... Uh, like in this case, Modric and last World Cup, Messi is so overwhelmingly better than everybody that you just can't deny it. Yeah. And you know the, the way that it works in basketball is the other way. Whereas Durant gets it the last couple of years, Steph should have gotten it and went to Iguodala, as opposed to LeBron being the best overall player probably in the finals. So it, we don't in American sports. It seems like we go with the best player and the best team more. And I'm fine with either way, actually. Like, I'm not mad about Modric. Or I might slightly prefer the winning team. But where do you come down on that, Dave? Uh, I I don't agree. I don't agree completely with the sentiment that it has to go to somebody on the winning team because I'll say this: it's a long tournament, and to get to the final in and of itself, you know, seven games, seven long, grueling games, and yeah, there are. T- it is such a team sport. The NBA is not a team sport. It isn't, and that's the difference in in terms of your analogy, Mike. That's why I would go. The NBA is an individual man's game, just wrapped up in uniforms that are have the same. I, that's a little. It's not. We a team don't have time to debate that now. Yeah, soccer we'll is that, a team we'll sport. That. Let's face it, because if it wasn't, if soccer wasn't, Messi and Ronaldo would play in the final. If they, if this, is, if we were translating it to the NBA, Messi and Ronaldo would meet in the World Cup final because nobody would stop them. They're clearly the two best players. 
that's the beauty of the game. That's why I don't mind at all when a Luka Modric wins the Golden Ball. He was the best player, in my estimation, over the seven well, games. So, but even, but even there, I don't agree that Ronaldo at this point. I mean, well, you know what I'm Ronaldo saying. Is, I mean, he's the best goal scorer, but like in, in terms of a complete soccer player, yeah. Like, still, how about how about N'Golo Kante, who, who plays all through, across the entire field like, and impacts the Kante had a terrible game today, and uh, he lost the Golden Ball. In my mind, I would have given it to him. Honestly, that's who I would have chosen had he had a good game today or even a decent well, game. Well, what did what did Modric what did Modric like really do today though? Did he had a lot he had some really good balls set up that just didn't quite come off. Now that happens, obviously. I'm talking I mean, like right, but he wasn't it wasn't like he lit the game on fire today. Yeah, I mean, he played were, very were, well. I mean, I know people – look, it, it doesn't just come down to – you know, well, you know, it doesn't just come down to assist and goals. Sometimes you're off by an inch when you do everything right and the, and the goal scorer makes yeah. the wrong run or what. Oh, by the way, Jose uh, tweeted in, great call, Jose. Uh, the Belgium-Japan game was a knockout, the first knockout stage. It wasn't the group stage, of course, and uh, great call by catching me on that uh, uh, with that faux pas. So, yeah, that Belgium-Japan game – being a knockout game and the way it, that one went was my favorite game of the tournament. But I got to tell you, this final, France fully deserved it. We're talking about it. I love the way France did a better job on Versalco down the right wing for Croatia. You know, and Mario and I were talking about it during the game. Versalco lit up England on that right side in the semifinal. Absolutely ate them alive in that game. And France made sure that that did not happen. And that was a huge part of them weathering the storm early, keeping it, you know, getting the first goal helped, certainly, obviously, that always. But then Perisic comes right back, Mike. I mean, Didier Deschamps, look, he's got great players. I don't think he gets enough credit. He had a magnificent tournament as a manager, too. Yeah, he did. And, and how about somebody who gets to raise the trophy for their country for the first <laughs> trophy for France, for yeah. his country, as the captain, right, in 98? So it wasn't Zidane that was the captain. People forget. You kind of just assume that since Zidane was the, was the man. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, to lead his team back to the promised land, um, that was pretty cool. But well, I think that, you know, we, the last time that you and I spoke uh, on this show, we talked about France. And, and think about the way they played against Belgium, even, where they're just, they just don't allow great chances. And even the chance that they scored on the Parachute goal was just an uh, incredible individual effort. You know, where off of a set piece, he takes a, he takes a slick touch uh, around Conte to get to his left foot and just fires an absolute laser into the corner. That's the only way to beat France. You know, I mean, the other, the other goal, of course, was just a ridiculous howler by the keeper. Uh, that, you know, that, like that, you can't really credit, uh, take that against France. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, as, as good as Croatia are, France kind of even let them have the ball a little bit, but they just never seem that concerned. Like, they, all, they just always are so in control all throughout the field. And to me, you know, that's why they won the World Cup, Dave. Yeah. Just no real holes in this team. Mike, uh, get back to it. I know you've got to get heading out to the uh, bus there on your job. As always, man, it's been so much fun. We said it the other night. Soccer tonight has been unreal. Mike Trudell, thanks so much, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, too, Dave. Uh, my pleasure, man. Really appreciate it. Looking, looking forward to talking to you soon. The great Mike Trudell, as always. And check him out. Of course, he does the work with the Lakers and here on uh, ESPN LA 710 with the Laker coverage. And, of course, that's going to blow up here now with LeBron and everything else. But we're still talking World Cup. So much more to get to. I want to go to Zach and Redondo Beach right now here. Zach's been holding. Zach, welcome to Soccer Tonight with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Hey, first I want to say thanks for taking my call. This is the first time I've listened to your show, and I'd say you guys are more entertaining than the Keyshawn, George, and LZ show in the morning. No, no, no. No comparisons needed, Zach. Thanks. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, what I wanted to say is that I used to play club soccer, me specifically as a goalkeeper, and I would say the keeping play of both France and Belgium, that was just really awesome to see. Like, their anticipation, their ability to cover the net, control the defenders. It was really great to watch them. It was difficult to say any specific game, so I'm just generalizing mm-hmm. that their defensive ship, and then that's kind of what led those guys so deep into the playoffs. It was just unstoppable, and they're models for people to use that are coming up and wanted to be fellow keepers. Well, I will say this. Hugo Lloris had a couple of magnificent saves throughout the tournament, and then he made a huge error today that thankfully doesn't cost his team, which I think is good because he really did have a good tournament overall. And you'd hate to, you know, you'd hate to have him have to remember that the rest of his life in a loss. So it's good that in that sense they still won. I don't disagree, Zach. There was some magnificent goalkeeping throughout. Thank you so much. Now there were some errors. We saw some real gaffes, but we also saw some awesome goalkeeping. Thibaut Courtois gets the gi, the the Golden Gloves, and Zach didn't even have time to mention him and how great he played for Belgium, making some outstanding saves. Somebody had called up and, and mentioned it. Imagine if Belgium had beaten France 1-0. Courtois would have been up for maybe golden gloves and golden ball because, now, I doubt that would have been the case because there were so many Belgians who played great in this tournament, including Aiden Nazar, Lukaku. You know who I'm talking about. But Courtois had massive saves against France just to keep that even close. Unbelievable. So, yeah, there were some great, there were some gaffes by goalkeepers. There was also some great goalkeeping, even from teams who didn't get that far. 877-710-ESPN. We still got 30 minutes, brothers and sisters. We all love we love the beautiful game. We hate that the World Cup is finishing, but you are more than welcome to chime in here at 877-710-ESPN. I know it feels like it's a long way off. Let's just keep enjoying it and talking about it and keeping it alive right here where it's been living all tournament long, ESPN LA 710. Soccer tonight, ESPN LA 710, the ESPN app. I am Dave Denholm here in the home of world football in Southern California. I'll be doing the play-by-play call coming up of LAFC taking on Portland over at Bank of California Stadium. You'll hear that one on the ESPN app at 3 o'clock, the pregame at 2.30. And who's doing the pregame today, Mario? We've got our usual suspects in. Mark Rogan Dino. Very good. Rogues will be in there for the pregame at 2.30. I'll have the play-by-play call. Cannot wait to continue the conversation of the World Cup here for this. The rest of this hour, we got a long way to go at 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Thank you, Ivan Perisic, for a great tournament from Croatia and for scoring the goal that changes the final. Right? N'Golo Conte gets burned, gives up a foul in the middle of the field. It leads eventually to the Perisic goal. Conte's put on a yellow card. He doesn't have a good game because of it, because it limits what he can do. And Golo Conte, the fabulous player, it changed everything. Now, France was able to rebound from that in full credit to him. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Alexander's in L.A., and he's first up in this segment of soccer tonight. Welcome, Alexander. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, a candidate for a best match of the Cup could have been Portugal and Spain in the group stage where you saw Cristiano Ronaldo basically take over that game to bring his team back just to tie. Yeah, you I know what? I, I saw your uh, your answer on the screen right before you came on, Alexander. And the reason I like your answer a lot is I do think it's certainly a candidate for it. I would probably say Belgium-Japan was still my favorite, but I'll say this. Your match, Portugal-Spain, as a candidate, it actually set the tone for the tournament. Now, Russia came out, played pretty well, of course, in that first game. We weren't expecting that. But that was Russia, Saudi Arabia. We didn't know what to expect. You know, it was, it was, 
you know, not the match, or I'm sorry, it wasn't the match we all expected that Russia first game when they came out and won. Not that we were, you know, expecting Russia to go that far and everything. Whereas this this Portugal Spain match you're talking about, right in the second day to end that second day, that was a beauty. I, I couldn't agree more that it really, for me, it set the tone in the tournament because we saw Uruguay battle with Egypt in a nip and tuck game. We saw Iran and Morocco. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, play a little, uh, you know, one nil with Iran scoring late. Everything was kind of tight. And then Portugal, Spain, boom, it blows up. And he's got, he's got a good point. That match is right up there as one of the best in a fantastic tournament. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Alec is in Santa Barbara. Alec is next up here on soccer tonight with Dave Denholm. What's going on, Alec? Hey, how you guys doing? Great job with the show. I just want to say uh, it was a great World Cup. Probably the best one I've seen since, you know, I've been alive. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the rhetoric constantly goes back to is the U.S. going to be a powerhouse in years to come? What's it going to take? And we keep hearing, you know, just wait. Things are going to happen. We're eventually going to adjust to it. But uh, frankly, I think when it comes down to it, it may not be an American player that does it for us. It may be a person like Kylian Mbappe, who is 19, who can grab a hold of the attention of a younger generation, can he relate to them on a level that gets them to move into soccer? Now, obviously, the money in America isn't there, but they showed up on the screen up at the beginning of the game at 19 years of age. He's making $20.5 million, where although in the NBA and NFL and MLB you can make a lot of money, uh, there is a lot to be money to be made out there in the world of soccer. So I hope that a person like Mbappe changes the mentality of a lot of young athletes in America. Yeah, I can't disagree, Alec. That's a good call. Uh, certainly Christian Pulisic is having no trouble paying his light bill either, and he will help immensely uh, throughout the next couple of years if he continues to grow. But you're right, it, because we don't see those guys you know, on a, every week in a stadium we can go to necessarily, certainly here in MLS. You, you don't see Christian Pulisic every week, although LAFC played, you know, played Pulisic in a friendly, and we got to see him there, which was awesome, but... You know, he's right. Mbappe can change a generation just by this kind of World Cup performance. And kudos to him for stepping up at 19 and not letting the stage be too big for him. It absolutely wasn't, clearly. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Edgar is in Pomona. Edgar, you're next up on ESPN LA 710. And here's soccer tonight. Welcome, Edgar. Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I'll call because uh, following up on that last call was just fantastic talking about the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a, a really good crop of young players that are coming up in the system right now. If you saw the U-17s and the U-20s, these are guys that look real hungry, fearless, and they got that same grit and determination that was a trademark of the U.S. teams from the uh, mid to late 90s, early 2000s that's been lacking in the last 10 years. So one of the things that I'm trying to tell people right now is that uh, it's a good time, you know, to be a national team fan. Yeah, they missed out on the World Cup, but that was something that you could have seen coming over the last 10 years. Just something about the team that uh, they they just got soft. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. But but over the you know, but the guys that are coming up to the system, these guys are good, uh, and it's something to get really excited about. You saw how they performed against France in that last World Cup warm up for France. It made you feel good about the national team. Yeah. I think that uh, come 2026, I make a bold statement. I think they're going to make it all the way to the semis. And it's something to be something to look forward to in the next few years. Talking about a young player that can make a, a big impact 
you already have Pulisic, right? Yep. But you got a guy like Tim Weah. You see his attitude? He's got a great attitude. And his dad, I mean, George Weah. One of the greatest of all time, no doubt. And uh, Weah wants to be better than his dad. So I couldn't agree more. I love, I love your thoughts, Edgar. You're absolutely right. Thank you for the phone call. 877-710-ESPN. He's right. I even was thinking about that during the tournament, but I love that Edgar said it first. 2026, we're getting the World Cup here, right? Mexico, Canada, U.S. I expect the United States to go a long way in that one. And, in fact, I think that we can win it. We can. No doubt. Look what the home field effect can have. The home field advantage vaulted Russia to within a whisker of the semifinals against a Croatian team that, oh, by the way, handled England. Russia could have won this tournament. Without a doubt. And now we're all shaking our heads yeah, or nodding our heads yes, when you would have called me a moron two weeks ago. Some of you did. That's fine. But it's my point about these tournaments. Just get there. Croatia nearly won this thing, right? Now, coming into it, everybody thought they were good. Nobody thought they were this good. Russia almost beats Croatia in a, semi, or in a quarterfinal. They could have won the whole thing at home. It makes a big difference, and the United States is poised for that. I love talking about the future here, even as we wrap up what was a brilliant final to an unbelievable tournament. France beats Croatia 4-2, fully deserved. And I love, like I said, I love some of the things that lead up to goals. You know, so often we hear people talk about, well, the goal, there's not enough goals, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not even talking about a 4-2 to final, which is magnificent, right? And all the goals that were pouring in in this game. I'm talking about even if it's a 1-0, I love what it takes building up to a goal. Hernandez's run on the Mbappe goal. Mbappe's subtle waiting and cutting it back just a bit to wait for the defender to shield Subashish's vision. And then he tucks it into the near corner, right? Mbappe knows what he's doing on that play. Pogba's pass to Mbappe to set up that, I mean... And then Pogba gets it back on the rebound, right? Remember that Pogba Pogba then gets rewarded by scoring a brilliant goal on that play as he continues up. It's the little things that add up. Mandzukic's hustle on the goal where Lloris just lost his mind. But give credit to Mario Mandzukic for making that happen. I lo- that's what I love about the beautiful game. How about the own goal on Mandzukic on the, on the set piece? Well, it doesn't happen if Antoine Griezmann doesn't hit a nearly perfect delivery. That there's nothing that Mandzukic can do with it, but put it in his own net. And Perisic's goal, Conte gives up that foul, gets the yellow, changes a lot. All these things just added up to an unbelievable final. It has been brilliant. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Your favorite moments, what were they of this World Cup? I want to know. This is Soccer Tonight. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Oh, one of my favorite World Cup songs ever from the great band James. That was actually, I believe, from the 1994 World Cup soundtrack here. Of course, we all know 94 being the U.S. World Cup that was in the United States, and a brilliant one that was this. 2018 World Cup's got me so jazzed after France defeats Croatia. Congratulations to Le Bleu. They deserved it. They absolutely deserved it. You know what? Croatia deserved second. They were great. They deserved to be in the final themselves, without a doubt. Belgium, 
England, everybody, had, anybody who got that far had a great tournament. They really did. Say what you will. I know the English were like the underdog out of the four. Didn't, you know, they, don't worry about the third place game. It was fantastic for the three Lions all the way up to Belgium, who gets third place. Croatia finishes second. And of course, France, Le Bleu win again. This time with a completely different generation. 20 years after Zidane, Deschamps, and all those guys took care of business at home. Remember Lisa Razou and all? Oh, what a team that was. 877-710-ESPN. We are talking about your favorite moments. Fully deserved victory for France. Getting the, the uh, own goal early. The set piece off a great delivery from Antoine Griezmann, who had a magnificent tournament as well. And then Pogba and Mbappe, all the big names, stepped up and made it happen for, uh, the, for the French. And they absolutely just shone in this final. Because I, I thought Croatia played very well. I know, you give up four goals, seems odd. I thought Croatia had a magnificent game and could have won. They absolutely played great right from the opening whistle. But just too much, too much France, and not only in this game, but in this tournament. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You know, you had a couple of callers talking about the U.S., which I love, right? We're getting ready for 2022, and 2026 will we'll host. Here's the thing. If you love the World Cup and you were watching it, and you know, even if you can't admit it to your family and friends yet, you might want to whisper, like, what's next at home? What do I do? I found myself loving the World Cup. Funny, uh, following and tracking it on social media, uh, someone like Michelle Beadle at ESPN, who's just fallen in love with the World Cup and soccer. Well, Michelle, World Cup qualifying is not that far away. Those are the games you got to watch and pay attention to. And I'm not just speaking to her right now. If you're wondering, like, what's next when it comes to international football with France and all these, guess what? World Cup qualifying. It's not that far away, and it is massive. You don't qualify, you don't go. That's been my line for years. I never thought it would apply to the United States. But if you don't qualify, you don't go. That's what makes it so amazing that you start years in advance. So realistically, we're just a few months away. Not quite, but <laughs> I'm desperate to get back into the international football game. So you've got to watch that. It is, it's unbelievable. It's, there's so much passion and drama in the World Cup qualifying. And I'm talking every region, Asia, South America, which is brutal. South America is the toughest. Don't give me the European thing to qualify. It's not. It's not even close. South America is the toughest region, and those that qualifying is a grind, and it is awesome. CONCACAF has its challenges, as we obviously learned a tough lesson that way. But it is that's what you have to start paying attention to. And the World Cup in Qatar is going to get pushed back a few months, but the qualifying should be on the normal schedule. So that's what that's what's next. I want to know when. To, I want to know when. I got to find out when CONCACAF. If you know when CONCACAF's World Cup qualifying starts for the 2022 World Cup, let me know at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Let's go to the phones. Tomo is in L.A. Tomo, tough day over where you just were, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was a tough day, but you know what? I have to tell you, I'm proud of our guys. We gave everything what we have. And, uh, you know, it, it's just 
to us, this wasn't just a, a World Cup. This was a national identity, and uh, uh, it's just uh, it, in the end we are sad, but uh, on the top of that, we are so proud. And the uh, world uh, saw who Croatian guys are and who they were. And uh, I just tell you, I, I'm proud, and uh, uh, I just don't know. It, it's it's amazing. We just watched the game in the church. And uh, just the energy, just that feeling, just that uh, appreciation was indescribable. It was, it was amazing. I just, uh, see that. I just love it. That is beautiful because it's not the World Cup doesn't have to come down to just one game and one performance. It's the entire tournament. And Croatia has utterly nothing to be ashamed about. They were fantastic throughout and, and really played well today, uh, a lot of it, Tomo. I thought, and I know you're a diehard Croatia fan, of course, obviously supporting your nation and everything. Uh, just talk a little bit about overall, what are you going to take from this World Cup, Tomo? Uh, you know what? Before uh, we had, uh, before qualification in three qualifying games, we had one game that we had to win. And if we lost that game, we wouldn't even qualify. Mm-hmm. So we got this new coach, Dalic, who changed just the completely whole Croatian mentality, all uh, whole culture. So he brought something, some national pride. He brought, he brought, he showed our guys, uh, you know, if you want to win, <clears throat> you have to fight for it. You want to want it. And so what he did, he changed whole culture in the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, our guys just loved him. And they just gave everything. So it's just, to us, we've been on a, you know, throughout history, we had a hard time. And uh, this World Cup was just, uh, just, we feel a big change in everything. We feel like our pride is, is at the peak. It's just that we, uh, we are so happy, you know, that we have opportunity to show the world who we really are. And four million people, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little country, but if you want to have it, you just give, have to give everything. Well, and that's what our guys did. And, uh, you know, we stood, a bit, we stood up against all, uh, all, so many countries. All people were putting us down and media. Nobody really believed in us, but we did. Tomo, I really appreciate it. I hear it in your voice. Thank you so much. Checking in. He's been a good fan of Croatia and a fan of the show throughout and a fully deserved run as Tomo enjoyed the heck out of it, I'm sure. And, you know, here's the thing. Talking about, like, the smaller nation, I want to address that real quickly here before we wrap up on soccer tonight. And that's true. Croatia is a tiny country in terms of population. Nothing but great talent there, though. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Everybody asked me, how in the world, Denholm, can we not be great? We have 300 million-plus people, and a lot of them play soccer. It's huge in America. Yes, coaching. We have athletes playing, right? Check that box off. We have young kids who love soccer, right? Yes, millions of them. We've got people playing every day around the country, every hour virtually of every day. Yeah, check. We have kids who want to win, right? We're not lacking in determination in sports, no matter what the sport is, including the beautiful game. Check. We've got that. What are we missing? Coaching coaching, coaching at the young levels. And that's okay. It happens. I mean, we have to build. There's, you can't fake that. We are still a relatively young soccer nation. And that's just going to take time. But it, that is the issue. It is not players. 
It is not the drive or the determination. No, that's ridiculous. We've got all of that and then some. We don't have the coaching because we're not developing Kylian Mbappe's all over the pitch. Now, nobody is. That's a bad example. You know what I'm saying. But we're not developing enough of it consistently. Fantastic. Great stuff, Tomo. Good luck and congratulations to Croatia. And here's the funny thing, though. Croatia struggled through qualifying in a lot of levels. They had to go in through a playoff. And look what happens. They nearly take it all. Just magnificent. So much fun. You can hit me up on Twitter. We keep the conversation going. Follow me there at Talk Soccer. I do want to get into Ronco in Irvine real quick here. Ronco, you got about 30 seconds. What's going on, man? Welcome to Soccer Tonight on ESPN LA 710. I came from the former Yugoslavia, and uh, I've been playing soccer my entire life, following soccer, too. I don't remember the last World Cup final where one team dominated such a game and losing that at the same time, Hmm. frankly speaking. Most of the finals are pretty even or close ones, but this one, Croatia had to win. Well, they simply, they had no luck. Ronko, thank you for the phone call. And I mean, he's not completely wrong on that. It was an interesting game that way. France took their chances and fully deserved it, but Croatia deserved it too. They played well. I know it's crazy when you look at a 4-2 scoreline, but they really did. Thank you so much, everybody, for calling in and listening. And we built up this show. Mike Trudell, obviously, been a great host with me and appreciate his love for the beautiful game. Thanks so much to Steve Paylette, Michael Funches, and Mario Reyes, of course, the great producer who's been there throughout the whole time. Those three guys have done magnificent work. I am Dave Dunholm. Follow me on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Don't forget, coming up, LAFC at 2.30 on the ESPN app. Download that. You can listen to that game with the pregame with Mark Roganito. I'll have... The play-by-play, LAFC in Portland. Soccer continues right here on the home of world football. Soccer tonight on ESPN LA 710. Thanks so much, everyone.